Welcome to the Design Doctor Podcast, where we talk about how to decorate, remodel, or build a home without losing your mind. I'm your host, Krisha Palmer, physician turned interior designer and life coach. So come on in and have a seat. Let's talk. Hey friends, welcome to the podcast. What was your favorite bedtime story or fairy tale when you were growing up? I was thinking back on this and I think that mine was either Little Red Riding Hood, which honestly scared me a bit, but I also really liked The Three Little Pigs. You know the story, one pig builds his house from straw and the wolf destroys it. One builds his house from sticks and the wolf destroys it. But one smart little pig builds his house from brick and he's able to stay safe. So the brick house was sturdy. It cost more to build and potentially took more time to build than the homes of sticks and straw, but it was built to last and stand up against the elements. In today's podcast, we're not talking about homes, but we are talking about furniture, furniture quality, and what is called fast furniture. So I have another question for you. Think about your workhorse furniture pieces, and these are pieces that are used the most often in your home, things like sofas. Uh, commonly used chairs, dining table, your bed. Are they made of sticks, straw, or brick? And why does it even matter? So this is what we're going to talk about and explore today. What is fast furniture? And is it really what you want to spend your money on? So what is fast furniture? If this is a new term, if you haven't heard it before, I'm going to explain it. And let me start by asking you this. Do you have pieces of furniture that have been handed down to you by a parent or maybe a grandparent? My mom still has some bedroom set. It's like a dresser, a nightstand, and a full-size bed that was passed down to her from my dad's mom, so my grandmother. And it is in her guest room, and it is still very sturdy and functional and honestly looks besides the style being outdated it looks brand new and it has to be at least 70 years old so think about this do you have any pieces of furniture in your house right now that will be sturdy and functional 30 to 50 years from now most of you are probably thinking hell no (laughs) So this is actually the perfect illustration of what fast furniture is. 20 to 30 years ago, furniture was made differently than it is now. Our parents and grandparents valued their furniture because furniture was more valuable. It was constructed out of quality materials, and there really was a significant level of craftsmanship in the design and the execution of each piece. And because of that, people really valued their furniture, took care of it, so that it could be used for long periods of time and even passed down to future generations. If you walk into a vintage store or an antique store, you can see the evidence of this. That's why we have antique stores. This furniture is still around, it's still usable, it's still functional, and it's still really well built. If a piece happened to be damaged, then the time was taken to repair it, repaint it, or reupholster it because it was worth maintaining. It was so well made to begin with. But what about now? 
(laughs) Not so much, right? We live in a different time. We live in an age of instant gratification. We can instantly stream any series or movie that we want to watch. We click the Amazon Prime Buy Now button and a package arrives on our doorstep the next day. We're hungry and we can grab fast food or we can have a meal prepared in about 30 minutes thanks to services like HelloFresh. And while all of these things are great, I love thinking of some 80s movies that I used to love and being able to pull them up right away on Apple TV to show my kids. But the thing is, the same thing has happened with furniture. And so we're going to explore this concept of fast furniture so that you can make fully informed decisions about your furniture purchases. So what's happened with this um, instant gratification, everything now, quick and fast, is that furniture manufacturing has also adopted this pattern. So as a culture and a society, we want inexpensive furniture delivered super fast and you can find it. You can click on that $5.99 coffee table from Wayfair and it's at your house within a few days and you don't even have to pay shipping. So it sounds great, right? But is it really? So that's what I want us to question and explore today. That's what I mean when I refer to fast furniture. I really like comparing it to fast fashion because I think many more people are familiar with this concept. You know, the inexpensive clothing you can buy from places like Shein, H&M, and Zara that's cute and reflective of the latest styles, but after a few washes, it doesn't look so great anymore. This clothing is actually not designed to be worn more than a handful of times. And the same goes for that 599 Wayfair coffee table. It's not really, it's not made to last. The manufacturers of that furniture never intended it to last for more than a year or two. So what's happened is we've become drawn to cheap furniture that was never designed to last in the first place. And I think that overall, our line of thinking becomes, well, I'll just replace it in a few years. No big deal. Furniture has become disposable. But think about it. If you replace that coffee table every few years for 10 to 20 years, how much are you really spending versus buying a sturdy, good quality, well-constructed coffee table that will last for 10 to 20 years? When we think this way, we completely ignore the growing problem of what happens to all this furniture when we dispose of it, when we discard it, because most of it can't be given away or sold just because it it hasn't lasted. It's not in any shape to give away or sell. So in this podcast, we're talking about fast furniture. What are the pros? What are the cons? And how you can purchase furniture that aligns with your values. One article that I came across had a really great definition of fast furniture. I've linked that in the show notes. Fast furniture is furniture that is not only not made to last, but designed not to last. From cheap materials and construction to styles that are planned to be replaced by new fashions year after year, says Rolf Scar, Special Projects Manager at Greenpeace USA. Fast furniture is often relatively cheap to buy, but almost impossible to repair or refurbish, leading to an expensive, wasteful cycle of buying and throwing out. So what's the difference? What's the difference between how furniture used to be constructed and made and how it's made now? Well, 50 years ago, most of it was made of real hardwood 
More affordable pieces were made of plywood, which are thin layers of wood just glued together, and significant time and craftsmanship went into making the pieces. They were made of quality materials, and they were actually designed to last for years and years. Now, things are totally different. A lot of pieces are made of fiberboard or press board, which are lower quality wood chips pressed together and glued, often with toxic adhesives. Some pieces are marketed as solid wood, but are actually rubber wood with a glued on veneer. They're made of cheaper materials and specifically not designed to last. In fact, many of the IKEA beds and Wayfair desks bought during the pandemic were designed to last about five years. This is information from Deanna McDonough, a professor of industrial design at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. So why have things changed so much? How did we go from making very well-constructed, built-to-last furniture to creating furniture that was designed to be thrown away in a few years? Why is it so different now? Why has furniture changed so much? A lot of what we see now with mass furniture manufacturing and what I call big box furniture stores. So these are th- these are stores like Pottery Barn, West Elm, uh, Wayfair, Crate and Barrel, all of what I call big box furniture stores. They have very high overhead. And they often rely on cheap labor and poor quality materials to keep their costs down so that they can increase their profit margin. So from a business standpoint, it actually makes perfect sense. I read an article about a man named Michael Brotman, who is designed for multiple uh, companies like this. He recently quit to open his own furniture studio. And he kind of gave, in this article, he gave some behind-the-scenes secrets about working at these places. And he says, quote, Without giving away any secrets... I guess he tried not to give away secrets. He says, without giving away any secrets, their margins are high and their quality is not good at all. I had a big discount working there. I didn't buy anything. Most of these companies build their furniture in China and Southeast Asia because labor is cheap there. To lower their cost even more, most of it has to be assembled because they're trying to decrease the cost of shipping. One journalist from the New York Post interviewed Coco Ree Limery, who is a furniture designer who has worked for Pottery Barn in West Elm and now is a visiting professor of furniture design at Purdue. I've linked the article in the show notes. But Coco says, quote, the whole industry has just changed so dramatically. She talks about uh, when she would design pieces that are, were going to cost a little bit more to make. Uh, And of course, you know, when you produce a piece of furniture that costs more to make, that cost is going to be passed down to the consumer. Those pieces are more expensive. She says that her employers would basically take them out of production very quickly. She says that her most successful products that they actually produced always had the biggest profit margin and therefore the lowest cost. Well, to get that cost really low, you've got to use very inexpensive labor and very inexpensive materials. She says, your work, quote, you are working so ruthlessly to keep the price, that initial cost, low. When you get back the drawing from overseas, whether that's India or China or Indonesia, you're reworking the drawings to make them cheaper. Or you are saying, can we substitute this for this? 
so that I can get this product into a price point that the consumer is willing to pay. So that's what's happening behind the scenes of the production of all of the furniture from these big box fast furniture stores. So what's happened is we've sort of become conditioned to expect furniture should be inexpensive and it should fall apart in a few years. <laughs> We're used to it. We're like, uh, I hear people say all the, all the time, well, I mean, you know, it's just going to last four or five years, no big deal. So we've been con- conditioned to accept that. And the reality is that what I've encountered is a lot of people aren't really even willing to pay for good quality, even when it's available, because we're so conditioned and used to fast furniture as the norm. So what's the problem? Or is there a problem? Is this a problem at all? Well, I think it can be, but it depends, right? So let's explore that. One of the potential problems is environmental impact, because most of this disposable furniture ends up in landfills. It's estimated that 9 million tons of furniture are tossed every single year. And that accounts for about 5% of everything that's brought to landfills. One source that I read even said 12 million tons of furniture. And most of this furniture that's currently in landfills was made within the last 10 to 15 years. So why, and we've already, you know, addressed why is this furniture ending up at landfills at all? Because it's poor quality, it wasn't designed to last, and it's not worth uh, reupholstering or repainting or refinishing. It's estimated that people spent $4 billion on furniture from 2019 to 2021. So the area kind of the, the years and the, the pandemic years, and most of it will be in a landfill within 10 years. The second issue is that we're living with very poor quality furniture, and most people aren't even aware of this issue. They're very misled by the pricing of fast furniture stores. Let's say, for example, like Pottery Barn and West Elm. You might, I think the thinking is the price is expensive, so the quality must be good. But that's not necessarily true. Because remember, these companies have extremely high overheads. They're manufacturing furniture for the cheapest amount that they can to increase their profit margins. For you, So you're paying a high price for a quality that ne- isn't necessarily worth that price. So think about it. When you buy a sofa and it looks really worn and just isn't even comfortable after five years, you get really frustrated. When you're buying lower quality furniture and you're having to replace it every five years, you end up spending much more over time than if you had purchased a higher quality item on the front end. And not to mention these cheaper pieces are not as comfortable or polished as something as of higher quality. So an example is like that microfiber sectional that you bought that was never really comfortable to begin with, but you've got three kids in the house and you're thinking, well, it's not going to last anyway. When you have to replace it every five to seven years, you know, over the next 20 years, When you're having to replace it over and over, you're actually going to end up spending more than if you had gotten a good quality sofa to begin with. So I think we should all ask ourselves the question with this type of furniture, we're sitting on it, we're living with it, we're using and interacting with it daily. If it's cheap and disposable and overall just not valued, is it enhancing or adding value to our space? 
Does it really enhance or add value to our lives? And I think that's a question that everybody has to answer for themselves. And we're going to talk more about that in part two next week's episode. So I think this is a very, this is just a question that I'm posing to you to answer for yourself. So right now you might have a lot of questions. You might be thinking, well, does this mean that I shouldn't buy fast furniture at all? You might be thinking, well, if so, where can I find good quality furniture? And does this mean I'm going to have to spend a fortune? Is it going to be cost prohibitive? What if I can only afford fast furniture? Um, All of these questions, and they're great questions. And I think they're questions that everybody has to answer for yourself. And what I want to do in this two-part series is just to give you all the information so that you have the big picture so that you can decide for yourself. How do we take all of this information or how do you take all of this information and make the best furniture buying decision for you? We're going to talk all about that next week. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week. Happy decorating and I'll see you then. If you're a woman physician who loves all things design and decorating, be sure to check out my private Facebook group, House Calls for Physicians. Or you can visit my website at www.housecallsforphysicians.com.